0: Amen, that phrase in there, thou has brought me to this place, gets me, where I would be without him, Mm. whoever knows, amen, But thou has brought me to this place, and thy by, by good pleasure will safely bring me home. What a great God we serve, Amen. Amen. I think the old original version of that, it doesn't say that bought me with His bu- blood, but it says imposed His precious blood. I'm sure glad He placed the blood on me when I wasn't even when I when I didn't want anything to do with Him, Amen. Amen. Mm. To Him be the glory and the praise. Won't you take your copy of Mark chapter number fourteen, your copy of the Word of God? AND TURN TO MARK CHAPTER NUMBER 14. WE'RE WRAPPING UP WITH THE GOSPEL OF MARK. IT HAS BEEN RICH. IT HAS BEEN GOOD. MARK IS A FAST MOVING BOOK. uh, IF you all NOTICED WHEN YOU WAS READING IT SPECIFICALLY, IN THE FRONT PART OF IT, IT USED THE PHRASE IMMEDIATELY. OVER AND OVER AGAIN, IMMEDIATELY HE DID THIS, IMMEDIATELY THEY DONE THIS, IMMEDIATELY THEY WENT FROM HERE because it's a transitional book. It's the shorter book of the Gospels, uh, but it covers so much. And I I thoroughly enjoy reading through the Gospel of Mark. And as I was just pondering on what God would have for us today in seeking Him and and just digging in what He would want us to look at, we started last week, uh, we dug in the aspect of learning how Jesus walked if we abide in him. We ought to walk as he walked he says and that's where John wrote in 1st John chapter 2 If we abide in him we shall walk as he walked you remember we had that little phrase if you abide He cannot hide miss Pat put it out there on the on the Marquee out there if we abide in him he cannot hide that is that is true That is no doubt we looked at it from the perspective when that syrophoenician woman was uh, heard about jesus said jesus was in the house and he didn't want anybody to know it but he couldn't be hidden when jesus abides in us he can't be hidden amen and if we abide in him as john says in 1 john chapter 2 what a walk as he walked and we, we went over and looked in isaiah 50 the everyday look of jesus's life and isaiah 50 verses 4 through verse 7 and what a, what a great picture that is for us to, to ponder and think about in the prophetic picture that it is. And I got to thinking as God was leading me this week and this stood out to me. And we may look at a couple different passages as we search the whole book. Notice this. In chapter 14 in verse number 27. Verse number 27. The scripture says, Then Jesus said to them, All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. For as it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. Father, we thank you. We believe in the power of your word, that you teach us that there is, there was power in the revelation that you gave us. There is power in the gospel to save, and Lord, we want to come before you and ask you as we lifted our voices, singing of of the wonder of you, that you alone are, A great and mighty God. And that you have chosen to purchase us with your blood. To impose your life, your blood upon our lives. And to make us your sheep. And as your sheep, with you living in us. You teach us over and over again to look unto you. To look how you walked when you lived upon this earth. How you handled things how you dealt with things how you treated people and Lord so we we approach you this morning just asking you to teach us our eyes we want to be fixed upon you we want to look to you and just learn what you would have for us so that we as well as we journey through this life and our relationships with our spouses and our relationship with our family our relationship to one another in the body of Christ as we relate to people in our community and on our jobs and wherever you may send us, that people will see you in us. So we want to fix our eyes upon you. Help us, O oh Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, he, here he is. He's, he's letting them know up front that the Father was, was about to do something with him and that his disciples, his sheep, were going to be made to stumble. Now, that, that's important for us to recognize. Why do I say that? Well, go over to John's gospel for a moment. Look in John chapter number 13. John chapter number 13. Look in verse number 36. John's Gospel, chapter number 13, and verse number 36. As we learn, uh, how did Jesus walk? What did he do? What did he have to go through? And as you looked in, in John 15, and as we wrapping up in John 16 today, we've seen that Jesus went through a whole lot. And there was a lot that he had to embrace and, and to do. And he says in this, in verse number 36 of John 13 that Simon Peter said to Jesus, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus answered him, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you shall follow me afterward. And Peter said to him, Lord, why, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for your sake. And Jesus said to him, will you lay down your life for my sake? Most assuredly I say to you, the rooster shall not crow till you have di- denied me three times. Now, when, we re- when we're reminded of this, matter of fact, just keep that thought in, in, in your mind. Go to, go to John chapter 16 real quick and notice what he says in verse number 32. John 16, 32. He says, Indeed, the hour is coming. Yes, it has now come that you, that would be the disciples, the sheep, will be what? Scattered, and they will be scattered each to his own, and you will leave me alone, and yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. Now what was he saying to Peter when he told Peter that Peter said, I I want to go where you're going? And Jesus told him, you can't go with me now. But you'll go with me afterwards. You'll follow me there. And Peter said, why, why can I not go? i laid lay down my life for you. And I really believe Peter would have died for Jesus. That's one of the reasons why the sheep had to be scattered. Because it couldn't be that Peter or some of these other apostles that was with him, they couldn't die with Jesus on the cross. Jesus had to be left alone. It had to be just him. Because it couldn't be said in history that it was Jesus and his disciples who laid down their lives and died on the cross. There was only one going to die on the cross for the sins of man, and that was Jesus. Amen. So purposely, intentionally, the Father made them abandon him. It was. It, it, they, there was nothing they could do about it. It was inevitable that they had to abandon him, and the reason they were is that Jesus had to, had to also, as an example for us, learn how to trust in the Father alone. No, we know he did that every day of his life, but there could be nobody there that was to help him. He had to be abandoned by all so that he would have to lean on his Father, him all by himself. So the Scriptures teach us that. I, I really believe when Peter calculated that night, y'all remember when they was in the garden and those soldiers came and, and that guy, what was that fellow's name? Malchus. Remember when Peter pulled out his blade, and he cut? What did he do? He cut his ear off. You think he was just trying to cut his ear off? What do you think he was trying to do? I think he was trying to cut his jugular vein. He was wanting to get him in the neck. He was wanting to slice his throat. And don't you think he would have calculated the risk of that? That when he tried to kill that man, for Jesus' sake that more than likely he would have laid down his life and lost his life that night, whether it had been that night or he would have been hung or put on a tree or whatever it was, he would have died. Peter would have died for Jesus that night. He really would have died for him. And in his mind he was going to. But the Father had another plan for him, that Jesus had to go to the cross by himself. And therefore, that's why he says, Will you lay down your life for me, Peter? Matter of fact, I know something you don't know. I, I can see into the dark. Before, before this night's over with, you're going to deny me how many times? He was made to do that. That was purposeful. That was intentional. That's what the Father was doing. He was, he was helping us learn how to deal with rejection. He was teaching us how to deal with what it's like in life to be misunderstood. He was teaching us what it would be like when we are left all alone and all we have is to stand on faith with the Father. That's what we find in these, these principles that we're learning in this. And because in life, to know the fellowship of the sufferings of Jesus and to know Him, we've got to know what He went through. Now, not every detail of what He went through, but enough of what He went through so that we can learn more and more about Him And the only way to do that is that we've got to get our eyes on him. Amen. Look in Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. I'm sure glad God imposes upon our will when he wants to. Amen. Amen. Peter wanted to fight, but it wasn't going to happen. There's times I want to take a stand on things and the Father won't let me. There's times I don't want to take a stand on something and he won't let me. He makes me take a stand. And the same thing with you and me. He's going to do that for us. There's things I don't want to do, but he's going to have us do. There's things I don't want to do that he's going to have us do. There's things I'm going to do that he don't want me to do. And I can trust him and depend on him. But if you look in Hebrews chapter 12. Hey, little preacher. What you hiding for, boy? Y'all see him? He put his hand up over his eyes when he went by. (laughs) Hebrews chapter 12, look in verse number 1. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a record or cloud of witnesses, let us then lay aside every weight And the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us also run with endurance the race that is to be set before us. We have a great record, a great history of people that have run a race that God has given them in hard times, good times. Matter of fact, Hebrews 11 is that just a glimpse, a small glimpse of some of those champions of the faith who endured so much for the cause of the kingdom. And we have this record. We have this great cloud that continues to go with us wherever we go when we hide these things in our heart. So we need to run the race. God has a race for you. Amen? Amen. And He has a race for me. And I can run that race. I need to embrace it. I need to endure. I need to enjoy it. I need to be able to share it of what God is doing. But how am I going to do it? Verse 2 says... I need to do it looking unto who? Y'all say that name one more time. Ain't that a pretty name? Say that name one more time. Looking unto Jesus. Who is Jesus? The author and finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that is his race, that is his course, that was the will of the Father that was set before him, endured all that we just read yesterday in chapter 15, endured the cross, endured the despising and the shame, and has now sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. What do we need to do? We need to ponder. The word consider means to think about, to really gauge our life in comparison to his life. For consider him, Jesus, who endured such hostility from sinners against himself. Why do we need to consider this? Why do we need to ponder it? Why do we need to gauge our journey with his journey? For fear you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You have not yet resisted the bloodshed striving against sin, and you've forgotten that the exhortation which speaks to you as sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him for whom the Lord loves he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives so what is Hebrews 12 telling us that number one each one of us have a race to run and there's been plenty of people in times past that run the race that God gave them and they finished the race and they finished well so it's not that we don't have the capacity to to run the race doesn't we don't it's not that we doesn't have the, the ability to finish the race, because we have evidence upon evidence, grace upon grace, layer upon layer of grace, of men and women who faithfully endured life and death for the cause of the kingdom. Amen. So we, we, we too can run the race that God sets before us. Now, our greatest example is not them. We've got a record of them. We have evidence of them. That's evidence, but our greatest example is who? Jesus is our example. He's our example, and that's why we want to look to him and not just look to him, but we want to consider him. That is, we consider what he did in light of what we're doing. What did he do? Well, when he was despised, he kept walking. When he was rejected, he continued to do what he was called to do. When he was misunderstood, he didn't throw in the towel and quit. When he was unwanted, he didn't he didn't pout about it, he kept going. When he was cut down and misused and abused and misspoken of and completely and utterly misunderstood and nobody wanted him to do What he had come forth to do, it did not deter him from running the race that the Father gave him. That's why we want to gauge our life next to his life and look to him. And if we find ourselves becoming weary and discouraged, it's a revelation. We're not looking to him. We're not trusting him. Well, what are some of the things that he went through? Let's just look at some of that. We've just read in Matthew 15. and let's look at it from another point of view. Go to Isaiah 53, Isaiah 53, Isaiah 53, we'll be praying for y'all, yes, that the Lord use y'all today and be a blessing, let your family know and your mama we're praying for, love y'all, Mr. Dickey, it's good seeing you brother, Isaiah 53. He says in verse number 1, Who have believed our message, our report? Remember, faith comes by what? Hearing. hearing. The word hearing is a report. Hearing a report. Who has believed the report that we have shared? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Now, who's the arm of the Lord? He's fixing to describe him for us. For he, the arm of the Lord, shall grow up before Jesus, before God... Jesus shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground, and he hath no particular form or beauty, a comeliness that when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire. One thing about Jesus, he didn't stand out in the crowd. There was nothing about him in his physical appearance that made him look like a great king or a great warrior. He just blended in with everybody else. You wouldn't have recognized Jesus as being something spectacular by his appearance. There was nothing about him that had any kind of appeal. Amen. Now, I know when we see pictures of him today, there's just something about him that has an appeal. But that's not—that's why the Scripture says we need to be careful about images and stuff because those things convey false images. That's not how he was. We wouldn't have recognized him as being any different than any other person. It goes on to say... It says there was nothing about him that would, would cause people to desire him from a physical standpoint. Verse three, he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Now that's talking about in the later part of his days. Remember how they treated him when you was reading through Matthew fifteen I mean Mark fifteen? how they were mocking him and how they plucked his beard out and they despised him, they spit on him, they kept hollering out, crucifying, crucifying, crucifying. They had no idea, totally misunderstood what he was there for. They had no idea he was there to bear the iniquities of us all. Matter of fact, this is what we now see, is that this is how he was viewed before... And now this is what he actually came for. Verse 4, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. They looked at him as being cursed. They looked at him as being afflicted and troubled and, and that God was against him and not for him. That's how the world, that's how they were looking at him at that time. But what did he keep doing? Did it deter him? Did it stop him? Even though they misunderstood him and cut him down and didn't want him, he kept going, didn't he? that's, That's what we have to look at. Because if I'm going to abide in him and walk as he walked, do you think you're going to be misunderstood at times? What do we do? Are we going to be misused at times? Are we going to be spoken ill will about at times, misunderstood from the perspective of what in the world are they doing, why they keep doing this, why they keep saying that? It's going to happen. So what do we do? We, we look to him as our example in the course that he's given us. We keep bearing that cross, which is that, that will that God has for us. He goes on to say in verse 5, but he was wounded for our transgressions, and he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. And all we like sheep have gone astray, and we have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as sheep before the shearers is silent, he opened not his mouth. Now, we have a tendency when people do things to us that doesn't go the way we want it to go, we have a tendency to let everybody know about it. Are you with me? Come on now, y'all with me. Come on now, if your spouse says something to you, that you didn't like, do you let them know? <laughs> if the boss does something to you that you didn't like, you may not let the boss know In directly. You may do it in your body language, and your work performance, but you normally let everybody else that works with you know. Amen. Are you with me? You, you, you see, here he is. He's our example. We went over to First Peter. It tells us when he was reviled, he did not what? Reviled back. He didn't fight back. That's one of the reasons why so many didn't want anything to do with him. Because who is this guy who claims to be our king, but he won't stand up and fight? He won't. He won't act like a true king. He won't act like a true warrior. He won't do what other people have done in the past. Matter of fact, if we turn to, look over in Isaiah forty-two, look in forty-two, Isaiah forty-two. Look in verse 1. What's that first word? That's a what? Faith. That's a faith word. We got to see this in faith. Behold my servant whom I uphold, my elect and whom my soul delighteth. I have put my spirit upon him and he shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. Praise God. He just mentioned me in that passage. Amen. Did he mention you? Yeah. Judgment is the idea of justice. He's going to bring forth judgment. A justice to the Gentiles. He's going to bring forth righteousness to the Gentiles. He's going to bring hope to the Gentiles. He's talking about us here. But notice about him. Notice about his character, how he operated. He shall not cry, nor lift up, nor cause his voice to be heard in the streets. That is, when Jesus was teaching, you know what he did? He taught his ways and he said, come follow me. Come follow me. If you didn't follow him, he didn't cry about it. Amen. What did he do? He went to the next place and the next town and the next city and he kept kept preaching what he was sent to preach. Y'all remember in the first part of Mark, there was a bunch of people came out looking for him and he told his disciples, Come on, let's go. Let's go to the next cities. For this reason I have come to preach and teach. And he left a whole bunch of people coming out looking to be healed and, 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 and physically taken care of. But he said, my purpose has come to preach and teach. Let's go to the next places. And he took off and he left. And he didn't walk through the highway. He said, notice me. Look at me. I'm a great king. You need to come follow me. No, he just did what he came to do. He followed what the Father taught him to do. You wouldn't have heard him in the streets making a racket, bringing attention to himself. matter of fact, he kept telling them, don't tell them what I come. Don't tell them that I just healed you. Don't tell them that I'm here because he didn't want to create this this atmosphere. He was this gentle nature king who was going to accomplish a purpose without doing it the way that other people had ever done it. He goes on to say, not only that, verse 3, A bruised reed he shall not break, and the smoking flax he shall not quench, but he shall bring forth judgment or justice unto truth. He shall not fail nor be discouraged till he have set judgment in the earth, and the isles, that is another way of saying the Gentiles, people afar, across the seas, that would be us, shall wait for his law. He's going to be a conquering king, and he's going to bring these things to the Gentiles but he's, not, he's the type of person that's not going to be like this renegade warrior who comes through and destroys everything to get his point across. He won't bruise a, 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 a flax or, or, or a reed that's been bent, and he's not going to quench a smoking flax. Just not his in nature. That's not what he's come forth to do. He come forth to lay his life down as a ransom for many. He 's going to be unwanted. he 's going to be despised he 's not going to be understood that's not going to, that he's not going to fail and he's not going to be discouraged The word discouraged there means to be fragmented means to be cracked the same word is used when it talks about being a bruised reed he 's not going to bruise a reed he 's not going to crack that which is already cracked and fragmented how many of you ever how many have you ever uh, been fragmented or cracked up or You fall into pieces when things didn't go your way. Are you with me? You just fell apart when things didn't go how you wanted them to go. Well, you see, the Scriptures are telling us that Jesus is not going to fall apart. He's not going to crack up. He didn't crack up when everything was going against Him. And we just read about what they did to Him and how they treated Him, and He never got off that that course. He He didn't get fragmented. He didn't crack up. He didn't fall apart. He stayed the course that God had given him. I I need to learn from that example, Amen. Because it it it's easy for me to 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 be on this course and 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 get fragmented. Either the course gets ugly, because the course does get ugly. Some of you are going through some ugly things right now. You got ugly things going on around you, whether it be business, whether it be family, whether it be situations. Stay the court. Look unto Jesus. Look unto him. He will help you and strengthen you. Why? Because that's what what his father did for him. Look over in Isaiah 50. Don't turn there now. But we we looked at it last Sunday. And I encourage you to go back and look at it again and again. Because he said, in spite of what they're going to do to me, I believe my father's going to help me. And he's not going to wound me. He's not going to let me down. I'm going to keep doing what he called me to do. And I'm going to trust him. No matter what takes place, I don't want to let the ugly things on the road get me off course. And sometimes the road gets too pretty alongside of it. You know what I mean? You ever get distracted? You're on course, but something pulls you away and you get caught up in something that really doesn't have value. It looks good. It appears good. But it's not part of the course. You get you get off course. You see, you can't run the course unless you get your eyes Looking ahead. Are you with me? That's what he said. Run the course that is to be set before you. Run it. And don't let things get you fragmented so that you crack under pressure. Keep your eye on him, and he'll help you. How many of y'all believe the Father is able to help you? How many believe he's able to do more and abundantly and exceedingly and measurably more than we could ever ask or imagine? He can, and he will, and we can trust him. Does that mean things are going to get better? Not necessarily, but how I approach it will be better. Does that things are not going to be ugly? No, they can still be ugly and still be dark, but I can still have light going through them, amen? He'll help me when I look to him and walk with him. I want to learn this in my everyday life so that I can continue to treat people the way he wants me to treat them that I can continue to deal with problems and, and handle pride. If I, if I don't know how to treat people and deal with problems and handle pride, I'm going to get frustrated. And when I get frustrated, I'm going to crack. And when I begin to crack, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fall apart and I'm going to get distracted and I'm not going to stay the course. Things are going to take advantage of me. The circumstances are going to manipulate me. And, and I don't have to let them do that. I can keep looking to him the the other word he uses in there he will not fail he will not fail means to grow dull it goes along with putting out that flax that light it won't grow dull how many of y'all use batteries for anything do y'all know batteries are not made equally Now, what I mean by that is the difference between them dollar general cheap batteries and and like a good battery there are differences are you with me miss Stephanie says there's no difference but she don't know what she's talking about There are differences. The the difference Stephanie sees is the price. The price. And there's nothing worse than having a battery or having a battery like in this right here and it be a cheap battery and it goes out on you when you wanted it to keep lasting. You ever had a flashlight go dull on you when you really, really needed it? Keith, how many flashlights you have? More than you can count? Got one everywhere you could reach, right? Keep fresh batteries in them? no I have them doesn't work they they do you know how when you got a flashlight and it starts getting real yellow and starts uh blink just flicker flickering out on you well that's the idea he, it, it says that in spite of what Jesus has to face he's not going to grow dull he's not going to flicker out he's not going to flicker out he won't grow dull and I don't want to grow dull either i want that passion of the lord to continue to quicken and revive me in the journey that i don't grow dull and bitter and apathetic in spite of what I still have to face. Amen. Amen. He's my example. It's how he lived. And I'm thankful he lived that way because it was by him living that way I can have his righteousness. And the way he lived in, he wants to live in me so that I don't flicker out, I don't become fragmented, that I don't become dull and I don't get distracted with things in life that I can continue to run the race of treating people the way he treated them, deal with problems the way he dealt with them, and handle the pride in my life the way he handled answered pride for us by by us mortifying ourselves, dying to who we are, taking up the cross and following him. Amen? Amen. 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 We need his help. You know how it's going to happen? Well, we'll have to talk about it tonight. But I'm going to give you a hint. 42.13 tells us how it happens. You see, Jesus didn't go to the isles. He didn't cross the waters. He didn't go to the Gentiles. You know who's going to bring the, the justice to the Gentiles? It was going to be other people who took his message. And in spite of all the opposition, in spite of all the objects that come against them and the obstacles, it says that he's going to go forth like a mighty man of war and stir up a zeal in the heart of his people. And his people are going to carry his message to the other parts of the world. And they're going to go like he went. They won't bruise a broken reed, a cracked reed. They're not going to put out a smoking flax. They're not going to come with a blaze of glory. They're not going to make their names known. They're not going to put their crowd in the streets. They're not going to be like a conquering warrior. They're going to come with a conquering message that transforms lives day in and day out, that changes the people across the world from the darkness that they once lived in to come into the kingdom of the light. and Now walk with him. Who's going to do that? It's going to be his champions of truth that he transforms and sends. That's going to be people like you and me. Amen. Amen. That he's going to stir up a zeal within our hearts so that when the enemy raises his voice, it's not going to distract us nor deter us. We're going to keep pressing on and keep walking in his power and keep telling his story of how he came to set the Gentiles free. Yeah. Amen? amen? Amen. Keep the course. Let him use you. Father, we thank you. We bless you. Ask for your help. Use us the way ever you see fit, and we're going to give you the glory for it. In Jesus' name, Amen.